You are listening to Hellcat's Hope, episode number 22. Welcome to Hellcat's Hope, the podcast to find humor, healing, and hope. Come along with Hellcat as she explores ways to help you overcome adversity and find your own inner Hellcat. Yes, Hellcat is her legal middle name, and hope is her game, bringing hope to others by showing what's possible. Here's your host, law school grad, motivational speaker, author, and certified life and smoking cessation coach, Lori Hellcat Bamford. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 22. And the podcast is just over one year old. Yes, July 7th, I think was the first date that I published an episode. And so it has been a year. So happy birthday to Hellcats Hope. And thank you guys for listening in. I was looking back over the statistics for the last year and my podcast has been downloaded and listened to 5,862 times. So that just blows my mind. And I'm just so glad that some of these episodes and the messages that I share resonate with you guys. And um, it just brings me such joy. And I love looking on Podbean and I can see where the listeners are. And I was just looking through it and I've got listeners, of course, in the United States. Canada, United Kingdom, Saudi Arabia, France, Sweden, Spain, Germany is listening, Mexico, Mongolia, New Zealand, Taiwan, the Philippines, Iceland, Italy, Australia, the United Arab Emirates has a listener, South Korea, Russia, Romania, Pakistan, Norway, Netherlands, Malaysia, Lithuania, Brazil, Japan, India, Isle of Man, Ireland, Hungary, Hong Kong, Denmark, Chile, and South Africa. That is where all the listeners come from. And I'm just so excited to be able to share stories with you and to hopefully give you a different way to think about life, to find your own inner Hellcat, and to live your best life. So thank you for sticking by me this year in this new endeavor, and I look forward to many, many more. So today we are going to talk about confidence. And the reason why I want to talk about confidence today is because I I gave this speech, oh, probably about a couple of months ago, probably about six or eight weeks ago, to the Professional Moms of Edmond. Shout out to Professional Moms of Edmond. Um, it is a great organization. Uh, they have chapters in different cities throughout Oklahoma and in other states. It's called the Etiquette Network. And basically, it's just business women get together. You have a minute to share your business and, and what you specialize in. And then they just have a different topic. And so I was very honored to speak to them a couple of months ago about confidence. And I recently shared the same talk with another group out of Moore uh, called the Second Saturday Workshop in Moore. And that is for wife.org. And they're an organization. Um, they, they host different events, but we are the second Saturday of each month where we counsel women who may be thinking about or looking at divorce. And there are three speakers there. And we focus on the financial aspects, the legal aspects, and of course, the emotional aspects. And so I've been presenting at those workshops um, from the standpoint of obviously I've been through a divorce myself and from the standpoint of how to 
coach yourself, how to stay engaged in your life, how not to let your emotions get the best of you, how to manage your thoughts. And what I've been talking to them about the past few months is confidence, how to get it and how to keep it. So I want to share that with you today. It's a message that I feel very passionately about and that I feel like a lot of people could get benefit from. So I want to share that with you today. Now, some of you know some of my story about growing up and different points in my life. And the whole point of this podcast of Hellcat's Hope is to give people hope. No matter what adversity you may face, no matter what circumstance you've been through, that you have hope to overcome your challenges. And that's what I try to do is to share stories from my life and stories from the lives of my friends and and acquaintances and colleagues so that you can hear the stories of people who have overcome adversity and that's why they have hope in their life. And so a little bit about my story. You know, I grew up one of 11 children. We grew up in poverty. My mom and dad, of course, did the best that they could. But it was very difficult with that many children and keeping food on the table. To this day, I don't know how they did it. (laughs) But it carried with it its own challenges. I missed a lot of school, uh, but I always knew that I wanted to get my education. You know, we had to move a lot because I was was sharing the story this morning that, you know, we would have to rent. We, We didn't own our own home. So we would have to rent. And of course, when you're applying to rent a home, you can't put on there that there are going to be 13 people living in one house. So 11 children, two parents, right? We would have to move a lot, either because we couldn't keep up with the rent or the landlord would eventually find out that we had 13 people living in one four bedroom, one three bedroom house and poosh, we'd have to go. So we moved around a lot. I missed a lot of school. I really struggled with standardized tests. I think I've shared that here before. I don't know what it is about standardized testing, but my brain just freezes up and and I just don't do very well on them. So I did not do well on the ACT. I did not do well on the SAT. And then when it was time to go to law school, I had to take the LSAT. And guess what? I didn't do well on it either. So I bombed all of those tests, but I, I'd like to share this story because those tests do not measure how well you will do in school. It does not measure your drive. It does not measure your dedication. It does not measure your ability to learn, and it does not measure your intelligence. And so I, even though I bombed the ACT and the SAT, I graduated from college with honors. Even though I bombed the LSAT, I graduated in the top 10% of my law school class. So I don't share that to say, oh, look at me, look at me. I swear I don't. I'm only sharing that because if you or your kids or someone you know has not done well on these tests, please know that it does not measure how well you will do in school or in life. So there, I'll get off that soapbox. However, when you think someone should lack confidence, I'm a walking example of someone who should lack confidence. And here's why. You grew up in a challenging childhood. You missed a lot of school. I married very young. I married at 21 years old, and that ended in divorce. After 16 years of marriage, I had a four-year-old and an 18-month-old and decided to get divorced. Those were tough times. I found myself dirt poor again. (laughs) You know, so you grow up dirt poor, and then you get married, and then you have a divorce, and guess what? Many times, I'd, I'd say most of the time, financial struggles are associated with that. And so I found myself 
dirt poor again, like putting meat back on the grocery store conveyor belt poor. I had to file bankruptcy. I was very unhealthy. I've shared my story before in prior episodes of, you know, I was well over 330 pounds. I was smoking up to two packs of cigarettes per day. And my doctor told me if, if I didn't make some changes, I wasn't going to see my kids grow up. So I began to make changes and, and that is what has become part of my platform as a motivational speaker and just to share a message of hope and ever overcoming adversity. But if you just looked at me and looked at my past and you've probably heard of other stories of people in my circumstance and situation, and that is you probably have reason not to be confident. And I found myself in that situation. I found myself lacking confidence because I tied my self-worth to my past or growing up or poor decisions that I may have made or getting a divorce or having to file bankruptcy. And so I had many reasons not to be confident, to lack confidence as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as a professional. But what I figured out over time and what I want to share with you here today is that confidence is not tied to your circumstance. I'll say that again. Your confidence is not tied to your circumstance. In other words, no matter what is happening in your life, whatever's happening around me, whatever my circumstance is, I know because of the work that I've done that I'm going to share with you today, confidence is not tied to my circumstance. Now, this does not mean, well, you just need to think positive. No, you're not going to hear that from me. That may be other motivational speakers, that may be their gig, but it is not mine. I'm not someone who's going to say, well, if you would just think positive, things would be better. No, Because life is 50-50. Life is 50% amazing and wonderful and beautiful and 50% hard and 50% crap. I'll just say it. That doesn't mean that you have to just think positive and good things are going to happen. However, it does not mean that you're not scared that you're not afraid. And you know, my best friend of 35 years, she and I were were talking recently and I was sharing with her about a presentation I had to do and that I was really nervous. I was, you know, I was scared. And she was genuinely surprised that those words came out of my mouth. And I said, why is that surprising? She said, you're one of the most confident people I know. And it dawned on me, yes, I have confidence, but I'm still afraid. I'm still scared. I'm still worried, but I do it anyway. And I want to teach that to you. And I want to share that with you today as well, that no matter what your circumstance is, you can still choose to be confident and be scared and be afraid and do it anyway. You know, Pink is my favorite artist of all time. I just love all of her music and her concerts. She's just amazing. And of course, you know, if any of you know what my hair looks like, it's because I'm trying to be like Pink. So there, and there's no shame in my pink game. Anyway, she has a new song out called All I Know So Far, and it's something she wrote for her children. And of course, I I listened to it over and over and had it on repeat. And I love the very beginning of the song. It says, I haven't always been this way. I wasn't born a renegade. I felt alone, still feel afraid. I stumbled through it anyway. And I just love that. And and that's what I want to talk about today when we're talking about confidence. It doesn't mean you're not afraid. It doesn't mean you're not scared. It doesn't mean you're, you don't feel very confident. You just do it anyway. 
So how I helped learn to do this was I learned to pay attention to the stories I was telling myself, to the thoughts that were running around in my head, and how to manage those thoughts to my benefit. So when we think about confidence, I want to break this down into the four C's. And the four C's are choice, curiosity, celebration, and clarity. So let's look at the first point, choice. Confidence is a choice you make in the face of your circumstance. It is a choice. I'll say that again. Confidence is a choice you make in the face of your circumstance. And where does that start? It starts in your thoughts. I've talked before, and this is a concept that I teach my coaching clients, and it is a concept I learned from my coach, and it is the concept that she learned from her coach. I call it the model. It is something that was developed by Brooke Castillo. You can find her. She has her own podcast and the Life Coach School, and she taught that to my coach that I have used in the past, Korean Crabtree, and it is a tool that I use with my clients as well with a little bit of my own Hellcat twist and understanding to it. But basically, the concept of the model is this. No matter what your circumstance is, it is neutral and you have thoughts about that circumstance. Your thoughts create feelings in your body and in your mind. And those feelings make you do or not do something. It drives our actions that get us our results. So no matter the circumstance, you have thoughts about it that create feelings that make you do or not do something and get you a result. This can apply to any circumstance. And basically what you see when you do this exercise is you see how you are getting some unintended results from the way you may be thinking about your circumstance. Likewise, you can think a certain way about your circumstance to get a better result. And all of that starts with your thoughts. And we choose 100% how we are going to think about something, regardless of what our circumstance may be. Now, again, this is not positive thinking, but let me run you through an example that I've been using uh, in these various speeches that I've been giving recently and in talking with my clients. So let's plug this into a model. All right, so let's say the circumstance, a, a frequent circumstance that has been coming up has been in business or finances. So the circumstance is, you know, a person's business or a person's finances. And one of the thoughts that they may have about that is, I can't do this. I just can't do this. I can't figure this out. This is too hard. I mean, you may have a million different thoughts about it, but let's take the one of, I can't do this. Now, that's your thought about it. That's your thought about your business or maybe your finances. And you're like, I, I just can't do this. Well, when you think I can't do something, what kind of feeling does that give you? Probably gives you a feeling of overwhelm. And when you feel overwhelmed about something, if you think you can't do something, you're going to lack confidence. You're going to feel overwhelmed. And when you feel that way, what do you do or not do? Many times it's nothing. If you feel shut down, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel like you are not confident about something, you're just probably not going to do anything. You're probably just going to sit there and worry about it and fret about it and not take any action. And then guess what your result is? Because your results will mirror the way you're thinking. Your results are going to be, you're not doing it. You're going to prove your thought true. 
So instead, that is, an, that is an unintentional result that you want. None of us want that result when we're talking about our business or finances or any circumstance. So you look at it, again, not from a, oh, just think more positive, but think about the result that you want. When you're thinking about your business or your finances, what is the end result that you want? You want success and whatever that will look like. And then you're going to work backwards from your thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. And you're going to start with the result. And then you're going to move up. What do I need to do or not do to have success? Well, then you're, now you're brainstorming. Now you're coming up with all the action items that you can do in order to find success in your business or your finances or whatever circumstance you're working on. Then what do you need to feel in order to take those action steps? Well, Since we're talking about it today, you want to feel confident. And what can you think to feel confident? Instead of saying, I can't do this. I'll never figure this out. This is too much. What can you think about that circumstance? Here are some power thoughts you can use. I am figuring this out. I can do hard things. I don't have all the answers and that's okay. I'm a great mom. I'm a great businesswoman. I can do one thing at a time. All of these are thoughts that are going to create a feeling of confidence, that are going to drive your actions, that are going to get you the result that you want. Now, again, this is all a choice. This is the first C I'm talking about when we talk about confidence. It is a choice because you control how you're going to think about something. Now on to the next C, which is curiosity. Curiosity will help you be confident. In order to do that, you've got to be okay with your failures and your mistakes. Don't let that shake your confidence. There is no shame or judgment. You know, Brene Brown talks a lot about shame and judgment, and you can you can Google her YouTube video on it. But she basically explains that when you put judgment and shame in a Petri dish, it grows and grows and gets bigger and bigger through silence. But once you vocalize, once you give a voice to whatever you have perceived judgment or shame about, then that is going to diminish that judgment and shame. In other words, write about whatever it is you think you may have judgment and shame about. Look at your failures and mistakes and just be curious about them. Again, you don't want a feeling of judgment or shame because that feeling is going to lead to an action or inaction that's going to give you a bad result every time. It's going to give you an unintended result. It's going to give you a result that you don't really want. And instead of feeling judgment and shame about it, you want to have confidence about it. And so what you're going to do is you're not going to have judgment or shame about it. You're going to be okay. You're going to be curious about it. You're going to look at it and go, what can I learn from that? And how will I handle this differently next time? And to be curious about these things, that leads to journaling. As many of you know, I'm working on a book about the power of journaling, and I've done several workshops and can do an entire keynote address on journaling. I feel that passionate about journaling. But journaling leads to this next C, which is celebration. So when we're talking about confidence, we're talking about the four C's. It's a choice. Be curious about it. Get rid of that judgment and shame and celebrate yourself. Celebrate your wins. Write them down. 
You know, our brains are wired to look for danger. Our brain's job is to seek pleasure, avoid pain in the most efficient way possible. That's just what the brain does. There's nothing wrong with you because you may always consider what is the worst case scenario. That's something I do a lot. I think it's my brain. I also think it's my training as a lawyer is that we look at things and we think, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen here? So what you need to do is to override that sometimes, and you do that through journaling. You do that through writing about what is going right. Because what this does when you celebrate what's going right is it reminds the brain, hey, brain, I get it. I I understand you're you're wanting to warn me of the saber-toothed tiger that's out there. I get it. I get it that you're wired to look for danger. I get it that you're there to see what went wrong and what's going wrong. But I'm here to tell you that there's a law that's going right because I think you just need that reminder. You know, scientists have said that we have over 60,000 thoughts per day. 60,000 thoughts per day. And we wonder why at the end of the day we're exhausted. Journaling is a way to manage those thoughts, okay? And this is the best way I know to describe the power of journaling. So basically, I want you to picture yourself walking around in a dark room. The light's off, you're bumping into boxes, you're tripping over stuff, you're falling down, you can't see anything, you're hurting yourself, right? Journaling is flipping on that light switch so that you can see, oh, that's what's going on. I get it. And so it's just flipping on that light switch so that you can see the thoughts that you have. So you cannot judge them. Just be curious about them and then make a choice to walk in confidence so that you can get the results that you want. And in this celebrating yourself and celebrating what's going right, I want you to speak insanely lovingly to yourself. And the reason why I say insanely lovingly to yourself is because I will tell you, I've been doing this work now for at least five years, but it still feels odd. It still feels a little bit strange to write about what's going right and to write and celebrate myself and to speak and write loving things about myself. And the reason why it feels weird is because I spent the better part of my adult life not speaking very kindly to myself. It wasn't until I learned to pay attention to the stories that I was telling myself and to these thoughts that were running around all willy-nilly in my brain did I learn how to manage those. And so that's why it just feels weird because I, like maybe many of you, have a history of not really talking very nicely to ourselves. So I want you to do that through journaling. I want you to celebrate your wins. I want you to celebrate what's going right. I want you to celebrate and talk about yourself in a very loving way. You know, Nir Eyal recently wrote that one of the most powerful ways to face the discomfort in the pursuit of growth is by connecting to a strong identity. And I'm here to tell you, you can do that by choosing your thoughts. You can do that through choosing to journal. You want to be more brave about something? Write about how brave you are. You want to feel more success? Write about how successful you are. Write about those things. And then here's what happens. This is so fascinating. The brain will start to think that it's already happened. And you will begin to make choices and live your life as if it's already happened. And it will prove what Dr. Bertice Berry says, that walking in your purpose, you collide with your destiny. So we've talked about choice, choosing to be confident. We talked about being curious about failure and mistakes and not letting that shake your confidence. We've talked about celebrating yourself and the things that are going right to create confidence. And all of those together 
will bring you the fourth C, which is clarity. When you do these three things, you're going to get clarity in where you are and where you're going. How many poker players out there? I bet I got a lot of poker players that listen, maybe. So my husband, he's a great poker player. I, on the other hand, am terrible. Like probably the worst poker player on the planet. Because when I have good cards, I have a very happy face. And when I have bad cards, I have a very sad face. Like my tails are all out there. So I lose every time. Everybody takes my money. And so I was wanting, I was picking my husband's brain about, you know, what's the key to poker? Why, what, what makes you a successful poker player? And he said, what you have to do is you have to bet on the hand you've been dealt. You have to make the best hand you can. And I said, well, what's the perfect hand? And he explained it to me. And that's the royal flush. And I said, well, have you ever seen a royal flush? And he said, no. And he plays a lot of poker. He said, it's very rare to have that perfect hand. And it really hit me. I mean, isn't that what life is about? You're not going to be dealt that perfect hand more than likely. So what you got to do is you got to make the best hand you can. You're betting on the hand that you got. And a lot of times, a lot of good poker playing and life comes down to experience and intuition and the bluff. Now, I don't think bluffing is dishonest. Bluffing is confidence. Bluffing is confidence in believing in your ability to convince others of your potential. Now, I'd like to close with this when we're talking about confidence. And it's a phrase that I have been guilty for years of saying, and it's this one. I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Now, how many of you out there have said this? I bet all of you are raising your hands. Yeah, just, just fake it till you make it. The quickest way to kill your confidence is to live by and say that. Just fake it till you make it. Here's why. Number one, it's not true. You are not faking it. You're not faking anything. You are facing it. You are doing it. Like listening to this podcast, any conference that you go to, any self-improvement, self-development conference or, or meeting or online course that you engage in, anything that you're doing to better yourself, there's no faking in that. Number two, faking it until you make it also perpetuates this imposter syndrome. I'm sure many of you have already heard of that. It makes you question whether you deserve what you have accomplished. Did you really do that? What if some people find out that I'm just really a fraud? You're not a fraud. You did achieve these things. You did achieve these degrees or, or whatever success that you have. That happened. So we are not going to fake it till we make it anymore because that limits your authentic self. It limits you from learning. Again, it, it, it impedes your ability to have curiosity about your mistake and to judge yourself for your failures. Just be honest about it. When you fake it, you're robbing yourself and someone else of knowing the real you, of discovering the real you. So... We're not going to say that anymore, okay? No more faking it till you make it. We are facing it till we make it. So that's it. That's all I have to share today, guys. I just wanted to share some things about confidence and how it has helped me about learning that it is a choice, that you can change how you think about something in order to get a different result because you understand that your thoughts create feelings that drive your actions that get your result. That is your choice, that you can be curious about it, that you can celebrate it, and that's going to give you clarity. These are all the things that can help you get confidence and keep it. So 
Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Hellcats Hope. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe. To book me as a speaker for your next event, work one-on-one as a coach, or find more information on my upcoming book, please go to whatthehellcat.com. Thanks for listening.